Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Coming to you live on Belly Up TV, powered by Tiki Live. All you got to do is go to bellyup.tv or download the Tiki Live app on your favorite uh, Apple or Roku device or web browser, any device really. Just go to bellyup.tv and you can catch 24-7 Sports content coming to you all the time. It's the newest, most various, most freshest taking sports talk content you're possibly going to get out there, especially at a time like this where there's a lot of things happening. You can always download and subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show on YouTube. Download us on your Fire TV devices for our channel app or catch us anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. And, of course, newly, we can't forget this. Now we're going to be on Burns Radio. Remember, make sure you tune in tomorrow at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. Thursday, 4 p.m. Friday. We'll be coming to you live on Burns Radio. Just go to tikilive.com slash channel slash Burns. Oh, we'll be able to a bunch of places. I'm your host, Dan Mater, by the way, in case you were wondering. And we are back. We're in an in-between period, right? Because the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the playoffs. We've had the MD's DFS contest. We've had the lock bets of the week. Well, obviously, it's Pro Bowl week. We're not doing that this week. 
You know what we are doing? We're starting to get into our off-season content. Yeah, the nitty-gritty, the stuff you take the lessons that you learned from the previous year, you apply them going into the following year, you start doing some homework, start getting down and dirty, coming up with new new variables to take into consideration for rankings, for algorithms, for your drafting purposes. That's what this show this show is all year now. It used to be we take a break. We don't take a break anymore. We are on all year long. It's going to be once a week until August, and then we'll kick back up to twice a week and then back to six times a week <laughs> during the regular season. We really crank it up for you guys in the regular season. But until then, we'll be slowly getting you guys prepared. Today's show is going to be on the quarterback consistency grades, which I do a little bit differently than a lot of the other fantasy industry out there. A lot of the fantasy shows out there, just fantasy actors in general, when they look at consistency grades, they're looking at the actual points score. And I'm not saying that the way that other everybody else is wrong and I'm right, but the reason I don't do it that way is because, oddly enough, when you are reviewing a season and you're trying to figure out, you know, what happened and getting a real, a real nice picture of it down to detail and what really matters heading into your drafts next year. What really matters is finishes. The points are kind of here nor there. Now, yeah, you're in the regular season. Let's say we're doing quarterbacks today. So let's say you have a quarterback who scores less than 16 points. Well, that feels like a bust. It does. But what if that week, let's say week 15 in particular, were 16 points, 15 points, might have gotten you a top 12 finish. Well, then it really wasn't a bust. Because what really matters in fantasy football when you're setting your lineups, it's not necessarily the amount of points scored. It's did your player that you played in that starting position give you an advantage over the rest of the field? And all that really comes down to is finishes. Now, obviously, you have like the big blowups where the Tyree kills, the Derrick Henrys, those guys can drop 40, 50 points and just totally win you a week all by themselves. And, and we don't want to dismiss that. But overall, when you're looking at consistency grades and you're looking at you know players that helped you, gave you an advantage more times than not, well, the finish is what really matters. So that's what I like to focus on. You'll, you'll see a little bit of that as we go through the show. I do have some graphics for you guys to follow along. We're going to have this information up to you once I'm done all the positions on BillionFantasySports.com. So don't don't worry. You'll be able to tune in there. You'll be able to be able to track it throughout the year. We're going to have a lot of good goodies for you, good goodies, uh, coming for you on that website. Whenever I have data to output, it'll go right up on there. So just keep your eyes on that, BillionFantasySports.com. But let's get into today's show, okay? Because we got a lot we want to talk about. There's a lot of quarterbacks I want to cover. Let's kick things off. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts was the number one consistent quarterback. The number one consistent quarterback. Now, there's a scoring differential here. He finished as the QB9, but he was the number one consistent guy. Didn't ever get really too high. Wasn't the guy who was really winning you a ton of weeks. But man, he every time you played him, just about at least, at least 74% of the time, as you can see, he finished in the top 12, and that's what that's what the percentage there stands for. If you're looking at the graph here, if you're watching us along on bellyup.tv, start means top 12 because we're basing this off the top 12 quarterbacks, 12-man leagues, 
one quarterback leagues is typically what we base most of our rankings and numbers around. And then we kind of work out from there in extenuating circumstances. If you hit me up, DM me on social media at Billy at MBFF show, you got a specific criteria and you need some help with, I'll be there to help you out. And I have, I have backup numbers for that too, but for the purpose of this show, one quarterback, 12 man leagues. So he was, and he only busted or finished outside the top 12, not even busted, I should say, 33% of the time. So it was really, Hurts was a great player to have. Maybe he didn't go off like a Josh Allen necessarily would, or Joe Burrow towards the end of the year. But if you had Jalen Hurts, you had a top 12 guy almost 75% of the time. That was no, that was number one. Now, what were, what were the keys for that? Because what we saw is that early on in the year, it looked like Hurts from last year, where he was gonna get he was gonna throw the ball 40 times a game on top of the rushing stats. Had he continued to do that, he probably would have finished the number one quarterback overall. But what was the difference? He had 10 rushing touchdowns from week six to 17, though. He only had over 30 pass attempts twice. So the 10 rushing touchdowns is what carried him to this consistent finish. Because the Eagles went completely run first after that. And it really kind of minimalized the overall ceiling a Jalen Hurts possibly could have had for fantasy purposes. That's what wound up happening. Only twice from week 6 to 17 over 30 pass attempts. Does that continue? It remains to be seen. Now, we know Jalen Hurts, his fantasy value is tied to his legs. But 10 rushing touchdowns is a lot to expect going into next season. So a couple of things you're going to be looking for. One, does he improve? Does, does he develop in his passer skill set, particularly accuracy-wise, because that continued to be an issue like it was the first year? Do they get more weapons? Devonta Smith, okay, solid rookie year. You have Dallas Goddard. But what are you going to do with the running back position? Do they bring back Miles Sanders? Do they go a different direction? Does it really matter? Is there going to be a carousel? You need another weapon there. Jalen Rager's a bust. I wasn't a Jalen Rager fan from the get-go. There's no reason why I should have changed my mind any capacity after watching this year. And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon either. Quez Watkins is just a guy. So they need to get another weapon. Because expecting him to get 10 rushing touchdowns is pushing it. Let's be real. Does he have the potential for it? Sure. He is that kind of a, that kind of a quarterback. But it's not something that we can expect. In fact, if anything, you got to expect some regression in that area. So if he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback again, either it's because he's able to get you more in the passing game or, or he's going to continue to carry on with the rushing workload. we got to see if he gets more in the passing game, I think, for him to, in, order, in order to continue that. During that stretch, though, he was the QB8. So, again, tied to his legs. That was our number one consistent quarterback. He was drafted most of the times around that 8th to 10th round. If you drafted earlier in the summer, you were probably getting him well past the 10th round because he was a guy who was going double-digit rounds pretty consistently. And that's what we wanted to see out of a guy like a Jalen Hurts. He returned value. He was more consistent than where he actually finished, though, overall. Number two guy, we'll put up the graph in a little bit. Number two guy was Patrick Mahomes. Now, there's a three-way tie for number two as far as consistency goes. It's between Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. So we go back to Patrick Mahomes. He finished as the number four quarterback 
overall in scoring. It's kind of weird, right? It's felt like a this felt like a down year for Patrick Mahomes. There was a stretch from weeks nine to thirteen where he was QB fifteen. He was hurting you more than he was helping you. And what was going on between weeks nine and thirteen? What's going on in your fantasy football seasons? You're competing for the playoffs. That's what's going on. Weeks 9 through 13 are pivotal for teams trying to get in the postseason in their fantasy football leagues. So in a very crucial time, this it's not like it was weeks 1 through 4 or 4 through 8, you know, where it's like, okay, you can kind of get past it. You can still see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can still be patient. We're talking about weeks 9 through 13. It's make or break time for a lot of teams out there. So Mahomes is going to have, I believe anyway, this bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths heading into next season where they're going to remember, hey, Mahomes is the reason why I didn't make the postseason because of that 9 through 13 stretch where you stuck with them and he sunk the team. That's going to be the crucial standpoint here. That's what we all have. That's what I'm curious to see. Where's his ADP? Now, I mean, rankings-wise, he's not going to be outside the top three or four. This is not going to happen. But the people, there's there are enough people out there who remember that and then decide maybe they're drafting him as a top five, top six guy. I don't know. I think it's going to be curious. The one thing that I, I do believe the Chiefs recognized during that stretch and really their, their struggles in offense in general the first half of the year, they need a third weapon. You have Tyree Kill, you got Travis Kelsey. Both are getting a little bit older. I think they realized that they need a third weapon. Weapon. I think it's one of the reasons why they tried to bring in Josh Gordon to see if he had anything left in the tank. He didn't. They need a third pass catcher because defensives kind of figured out for at least how to keep in check to some degree Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill if it's just going to be the two of them. The key will be do the Chiefs get a third pass catcher? That's why we have rumors about them going after OBJ. And I'd be really curious to see what happens there. Let's talk about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert finishes the number two quarterback scoring overall and tied for the second most consistency at 69% finishing inside the top 12. And that goes from Mahomes and Josh Allen as well. All three of those guys, 69% of the time, they finish at least inside the top 12, making them a start in most of your leagues. Herbert, I think, had the, the quietest, the quietest number two overall quarterback fantasy standpoint or fantasy output. Let's keep in mind here, this guy's in his second year. He was in his second year. And yet, what winds up happening? Nobody talks about him because the Chargers in general are you know, overshadowed by Brandon Staley being aggressive. They are overshadowed by the fact that they, once again, had a highly talented team and didn't make the playoffs. And I feel like even though we focus in on fantasy, we don't necessarily focus in on some of those NFL things. It even overshadowed him in, in fantasy. Because not a lot of people, we're not talking about Justin Herbert a ton. We, and I know the players are going on right now. And that's that's, not, that's part of it. But we're talking about like Josh Allen. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about you know Jalen Hurts, the surprising season he had. We're, we're, we're talking about those guys. We're talking about this Kyler Murray bounce back, who we'll get to later in the show. We're, we're talking about those guys. We're not talking about Justin Herbert. He had over 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. Now, 
what happens if Mike Williams at this point, which seems inevitable, he turn he goes away. What happens then? I, I think that's a legitimate argument that has to be brought up, that has to be talked about. But his first year under Joe Lombardi, who we already knew was going to be pass happy, I think this sets up as long as Lombardi is his offensive coordinator. And who knows? If Brandon Staley keeps making decisions like he did last year, maybe that doesn't last long. But it sets up really well for Herbert to have this continued success. It's not like the Chargers have a ton of weapons. You have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Sure. Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield. But that's it. Jalen Guyton is a nice player. Josh Palmer, we'll see what he can turn into. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But I don't think losing Mike Williams will create this void that then for Herbert has to take this big significant downfall heading into next season. I think that's the exciting part about him. And because he's kind of getting overlooked and the narrative is not on him, at least not right now, my feeling is that when we get closer to draft day and Herbert is consistently ranked outside the top five because guys who didn't finish there like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are, well, Herbert might turn into a really nice steal. So keep your eyes on that moving forward. But uh, Justin Herbert, really returning the value for him. And then you have Josh Allen. Okay? No surprise here. He was number one scoring quarterback overall. I think some people might be a little bit surprised that he was able to tie for number two, a three-way tie for number two as far as the consistency rate goes of finishing inside that top 12. But... There was, there, yes, there was games where it kind of got ugly. You didn't necessarily get what you wanted out of him. He's still the number one guy overall. And he was still one of the most consistent quarterbacks. As we go through this list, there's something you should probably observe and take note of. And that's the fact that this was just a Jekyll and Hyde year for everybody. Take it back up to Jalen Hurts for a second, who's at 74% consistency rate or startable rate, I should say. Well, years past, there at least be a couple of guys who are hovering around the 90-85 mark. But this year, 74% gets you number one. It was a bad year in general for offenses. I'm expecting offenses to bounce back, but that's another reason why looking at these consistency grades is so important. Because it's about the finishes. Points could go up. But if everybody's scoring 20-plus points, well, then you just want the guys who gave you the advantage. And that's why I do it this way. Let's keep this list going. Let's, let's, let's get back to our graphic here. We got Dak Prescott. He's on 68% finished in the top 12. That's only 1% less than Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Not far off. It didn't feel like it, though. <laughs> it really didn't. From weeks one through nine, Dak Prescott was QB 14. We, we remember the week one game against Tampa Bay where it looked like Dak was back, the Cowboys' offense was going to be everything we hoped to be, the defense was still going to have struggles, was going to keep the offense aggressive. We were all hungry for that 
record-breaking start from 2020. And he cooled off completely. Again, weeks one through nine, QB 14. But then weeks 10 through 18, QB 6. He picked up the second half of the season. A part of that, of course, was Ezekiel Elliott. Earlier in the year after that Tampa Bay game, they got back to running the ball, and, and Zeke was getting a ton of volume. And they were kind of leading the way with their defense was playing better. The offensive line at that time was healthy. Zeke was healthy. And they were beating up teams physically. Well, then that changed. Zeke got banged up. The offensive line got banged up. The defense was still producing turnovers, but allowing points. And all of a sudden, Kellen Moore was calling more and more pass plays. The volume rose on Dak Prescott. And then he got back to being at least a QB1. Now, QB6... That's, a, that's about where he was rated. That's about what his ADP was. I know there was a lot of people out there, myself included, who thought maybe he had the potential to finish inside the top three. Now, I did have him ranked at QB8 coming into the year because the one thing about Dak Prescott that seems to hold his fantasy value back is the fact that this guy does not have a great touchdown rate. Never really has in his entire career. He'll have all these attempts. He'll have all these yards, but he doesn't have the touchdowns to go with it. And that's kind of one of the things that kind of holds him really back from being that elite fantasy quarterback within that offense and those weapons that he really could be, at least on a consistent basis. But again, you look at it as it was, there's a lot of reasons why things didn't necessarily go Dak's way. And yet still, he finishes overall as a QB7 and his consistency rate is QB5 on the year. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford did what we wanted him to. In fact, I mean, honestly, ADP-wise, Matthew Stafford was hovering around that 9-12 to 12 area for a lot of people. Finishes as QB5 was 6 in my consistency grades. Finishes in the top 12 63% of the time. He started off really hot, right? And then he kind of got a little bit banged up. We're not sure exactly what happened with the back, how much that had to do with it. The running game kind of got banged up. There was some, there was a, besides Cooper Cup, there was a mishap in the middle of the offense. Robert Woods goes down with the ACL injury. Not that he was using him a lot, but still his presence. You're trying to make the transition with OBJ. And even with all of that, he still finishes a mid-level QB1. I think that's here to stay for at least another season, maybe for a couple. Stafford's only going to get more comfortable with the Sean McVay offense. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Cam Akers. I mean, these guys aren't Tyler Higby. These guys aren't going anywhere. So it's a really good situation. And Stafford, because he didn't finish in that like top three gaudy area, because he doesn't run, he might be somebody who is on kind of on the lookout value too. And we'll have to see what the return of Robert Woods next year does. I mean, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the wide receivers in a few weeks in their consistency grades when it, when it pertains to Cooper cup and what our expectations might be heading into 2022. Like, you know, okay. Robert Woods wasn't that involved. Does he get more involved? Cause we know he's a good receiver and it was kind of weird at the rate of which he was not getting involved heading into next season. Those are all questions to be dug through and answered. But for Matthew Stafford, even if he loses OBJ, you got a guy like Robert Woods coming in. So he's not going to go anywhere. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Probably should have let off the show with Tom Brady because this is just more of a, a goodbye toward and, than anything else here. But 
the guy at 44 years old, <laughs> he finishes his QB three overall in scoring, six in consistency grade. I mean, it's just my notes here. They literally just say salute to Tom Brady. At 44 years old, this guy was a top three fantasy football quarterback. That's what he was. So if anybody has questions about him retiring at the top of his game, I mean, just from a fantasy perspective, he was as valuable as he ever was. And wound up being a great value for those in redraft leaks. Just absolutely nuts. I really thought he was going to come back and do a farewell tour. Apparently, it's not something he he wanted to do. So okay, I get it. But I was I was I gotta admit I was disappointed. I was disappointed because disappointed for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, I wanted to see Brady actually reach his age forty five goal that he had for himself. Right, he went to play till he's forty five. He's only one year away from doing that, and because he came so close to coming back on the Rams. It was just hard to not see Tom Brady go off into the sunset with not holding a Super Bowl trophy. It just it was just kind of like it just kind of made me feel like that wasn't going to happen. But the other part of it too, of course, is now what happens with the Bucks, right? And this is more stuff we'll talk about throughout the offseason, but what happens to Mike Evans's value? Um, you know, what happens with Chris Godwin? Do you know they're gonna try to bring him back if they do? What's his value in that kid that situation? Leonard Fournette. I mean, a big reason of Leonard Fournette's resurgence was because all of a sudden Tom Brady had no reservations to dumping him the ball down in the backfield on a very consistent basis. So all those things kind of go up in the question marks. And again, we'll, we'll talk about them as, as the season as the season wears on. But Tom Brady, number six, my consistency grades, number three overall, just a salute, a salute to Tom Brady. Let's move to Kirk Cousins. That's right, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is my number eight consistent quarterback from 2021. Go figure, right? He finishes He finishes as QB 11. So he still finishes a top 12 quarterback. He was still consistent as far as finishing in the top 12, 58% of his games. So more times than not, Kirk Cousins was a top 12 quarterback this year. And the Vikings, they really weren't anything special offensively. Now, now of course, we have the big questions of what happens now, right? Does Kirk Cousins stay? It's a big cap hit. We still don't know who the Minnesota Vikings head coach was going to be. I thought I was going to come on the show and talk about, you know, Jim Harbaugh taking over. And then he turns around and tells Michigan, hey, I'm coming back. I don't know what happened in that interview yet. I'm sure that'll get details of that will come out throughout the week. I mean, it was getting reported as, Minnesota was was getting Jim Harbaugh like he was not just coming in for an interview, but they were expecting to walk away with him as the new head coach. That was the expectation. So uh, very interested to see what wound up happening there. But now the now the the the, the talk is Kevin O'Connell is now the lead candidate to take over that job. Of course, was the offensive coordinator to the Rams. They can't really make that hire official as of yet. Why? Because well. Yeah, they're in the Super Bowl, <laughs> despite my despite my one for the 49ers to, to somehow pull off one more miracle to get there. But so that would be interesting too. If it is Kevin O'Connell, I think Kirk Cousins fits that Sean McVay system pretty well. Tack three levels. I don't think it's all that dissimilar to what Clint Kubiak was running in the first place. That's the main thing. So if Cousins does stay in Minnesota for one more year, 
I think this the idea that he's going to finish between you know eight and twelve, a, a lower end QB one, it remains to be the same. It remains to be the same. But he's that guy that in a lot of leagues either gets drafted in a, in the last round or or not even at all, and just gets left out to be a streaming quarterback. And yet he's always going to be that guy that if you just want to wait on quarterback, like so many people do, and you just take him with your last pick as your one quarterback with your idea that maybe you'll you'll stream if you have to. More times than not, for the last couple of years, Kirk Cousins has these top 12 finishes. And what's more shocking is that he actually finished ahead of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's right. Finished ahead of Aaron Rodgers. He comes in at number nine. 56% in the top 12 compared to Kirk Cousins, 58%. Now, look, Aaron Rodgers had a phenomenal year last year. He was the QB1 overall. We all expected regression in the touchdown area. That's what happened, right? 37 touchdowns this year, which is still a great mark, by the way. But he had 48 last year, and that was the difference. Rodgers... You know, part of his fantasy value used to be that he would take off and run every once in a while. That's not happening anymore with this age. Now, especially, you know, he was dealing with the whole, you know, COVID toe, broken toe, whatever the case may have been. He was dealing with that, too, and I'm sure that played a role. But he's also at that age now where he ain't going to take hits unless he absolutely has to. He ain't running as much as he used to. Now, Rodgers, as far as looking ahead, what's our expectation for him? I mean, yeah, obviously that's murky as it can be. No, Nobody really knows. Fantasy wise, I think the I think do think the best location for him would be the Denver Broncos. Whether they do whether they pull off a trade that also includes a Devontae Adams or not, whatever the case may be, even if the Broncos have to send back a Jerry Judy and draft picks just to get Rodgers and not necessarily Devontae Adams, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Javante Williams, those guys are all definitely still going to be there. Because they're still under contract. There'd be a lot of salary to move if they were to be involved in any kind of a trade. So I expect all those guys to be there. That is already a more complete offense than Aaron Rodgers has had in probably 10 years of his career. But like, you know, Maybe going back to when he had the Super Bowl run, when he had Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson coming up. Like Maybe you could point to that as the last time he had a really complete offense around him. But that's it. Everything else doesn't even come close. So that's going to be the curious part. And it wasn't just the touchdowns themselves. The touchdown rate came down a little bit, too. I mean, he's he had 7% touchdown rate com- compared to, and it went down to 6.3. Both are high marks. Like I said, it was still a high touchdown rate at the end of the day. Just it wasn't what it was last season. That's the biggest reason why it went down just a little bit. I want to get to one more quarterback before we have to hit the break here, or at least one more. So we got the Joe Burrow comes in my 10th consistent quarterback on the year. A little bit of a mishap there on the graph. 55% of a starter, 45% outside the top 12. The real catch was the second half of the season. And I think we all understood why. He's coming back off of completely blowing out his ACL. Just completely blew out his knee. And every shape, way, and form. Goes out, comes back, finds a way to be ready for week one, start of the season. Still kind of getting over some of the mental hurdles of having the confidence to plant on that knee. Joe Mixon gets worked in real heavily. Cincinnati's a borderline run first team for the first about six weeks of the season. 
because that's what happened here. Weeks one through six, Burrow was still the QB 12. So even when they were going heavy on the run with Joe Mixon, Burrow was still giving you low-end QB one production for the most part. But then he took off. <laughs> then he took off. Week seven through week 17, because he didn't play week 18. He was the QB three. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And that's with the emergence of Jamar Chase. T. Higgins got going second half of the year. Remember that? That was also in correlation with, you know, Burrow not throwing the ball as much. T. Higgins really didn't get super involved until the second half of the year. And finally, he started putting up the production we're more used to. You still have guys like Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd, whether it was beginning of the year, end of the year, it didn't really matter. He didn't get really that involved. But just with Chase and Higgins and having the run game to fall back on with Mixon, even behind one of the worst offensive lines in all of football, for 10 weeks, Burrow is a QB3. And that's why they're in the Super Bowl now, because Burrow's playing great football. And as long as he's got Chase and Higgins and Mixon, which looks like it should be there for at least a few years, maybe even a really long time when it comes to Chase and Higgins in particular, they improve that offensive line at all next year. This thing could be scary Maybe in some ways they outgrew where they should be. But this is a team that they're young, developing. The idea is that they might just get better. They might just get better and better. Now, will that mean big leaps and jumps every single year from a production standpoint? Probably not. It doesn't usually work that way. But does that mean they'll be consistent? Does that mean... Moving forward, maybe not next year, but the year after, we're looking at Joe Burrow as a top three fantasy quarterback in his own right? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Burrow's going to be a really interesting guy that we're going to talk about throughout the offseason because we're going to see that QB3 finish for 10 weeks the second half of the year. We're going to see the Jamar Chases and the T. Higgins and the weapons they have with that offensive system in place. And God help me, if they get a better offensive line on paper through free agency in the draft, his stock is going to go up and up and up. We're going to, have to see exactly where it lands. I'm very intrigued to see how that all winds up working out for Mr. Burrow and them. We'll see if they're able what they're able to do in the Super Bowl too. But we'll talk about that more next week. We'll have our DFS contest, our last one of the year, and our lock bets of the week. Don't you worry. Of course, we're not going to miss out on Super Bowl week. But what I do now, though, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side. We got more grades to talk about the quarterback position, more of our expectations moving forward what questions to look for for the offseason. So all that and more on the MD's Fantasy Football Show on Belly Up TV, powered by Tiki Live. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Roses are red, violets are blue, but don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly... 
did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We are live on BellyUp TV, powered by Tiki Live at bellyup.tv, or just download the Tiki Live app on your device, Roku, or Apple. Search for the BellyUp Sports channel. We're live on there 24 7. Check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app to listen to the MD's Fantasy Football Show anytime, anywhere. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, download us on your Fire TV, and check us out on Burns Radio. We'll be on from Thursday and Friday to 4 p.m. That's right. At 4 p.m., we'll be live live on air on Burns Radio at tikilive.com slash channel slash Burns. I'm your host, Dan Mater. Just me today. Just me, no Chris Dowhower. There won't be a Chris Dowhower for our little off-season stretch, I guess you could say, for about a month. He'll be back next week when we have the MD's DFS contest and lock bets of the week as Will Chaz Flaherty and Peter Van Seventer. But it, also after that, we'll move into some of our you know, in-review episodes like this one. We'll talk about the running backs, receivers, the tight ends. By that time, we about free agency. That's when Chris will come back. He'll come back around then, but... Until that point, it's going to be mostly just me getting back to really what the roots were of this show. I mean, it used to just be me all the time. Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I get scared of the, own, the voices going on in my own head, though. And I need to make sure somebody who's real is talking to me. Otherwise, I might drive myself insane. <laughs> we'll talk about the quarterback consistency grades, my personal quarterback consistency grades. And we, like I said, to kick off the show, we do it a little bit differently. I don't focus in on points scored. As my barometer, I focus in on finishes because when you start a player, you want that player to give you an advantage. It doesn't matter by how many points, but if you have 20 players that week that all scored 18 or more points, well, then only the players who scored you 19, 20, 21, the only the ones that finished inside the top 12 are the ones that got you the advantage. So I just think it's it's a more, uh, I don't want to say simplistic, but it's it focuses in on what, consistency is really all about what matters to you the most. That's what it focuses in on. So we left off with Joe Burrow. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Okay. Him and Kyler Murray are both tied at 11 for consistency grades. Both finished at 54% finishing in the top 12. Now I was actually a little bit surprised by this, that Russell Wilson made it inside the top 12 when it came to consistency grades. I mean, it was, huh? It was brutal for a stretch. You couldn't play Russell Wilson for a large stretch of games. And there's really no examination. I don't think there's, I don't feel like there's a ton to take out of it. And the reason why I don't feel
That really shocks me. Because I thought for sure it'd either be Pete Carroll or it would be Russell Wilson. That's what I thought would happen. And I I get the vibe more and more that Seattle is thinking to themselves, they're going to be able to find a way to keep Russell Wilson on the team and keep him happy enough so that he's not going to demand a trade after last year. Well, if that's going to be the case, then something's going to have to change in the philosophy. Shane Walter is the offensive coordinator they brought on. And he was the offensive coordinator of the Rams, you know, the year before. Now, are the Rams a balanced attack for the most part? Yes, but they're not run first. And Shane Walter in particular was the pass game coordinator of the Rams. So he's not coming in with the mindset that he wants to play grinded out conservative offensive football. That That's not what he's doing. That's not what's on his mind. But it is what's on Pete Carroll's mind. And unless there's a change in philosophy or a hell of an improvement on that offensive line, Seattle might have to expect similar results of a very inconsistent offense. Now, yeah, part of it was probably due to his finger, but that wasn't all of it. In fact, the vast majority of it was clearly a issue with Pete Carroll adjusting to the times, but adjusting to how this offense needs to function, especially when Chris Carson went down. So we know Wilson's better than this. And even in what has to be considered his worst year as a pro, from a fantasy standpoint, he still winds up finishing as QB 16, but still in top 12 when it comes to consistency rate and finishing inside the top 12. Just when he had a bad game, it was a bad game. And that's why he winds up QB 16 as his overall finish, but gets a consistency grade of 11 or tied for 11. And that's going to be that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key next year. Do we get to see that? Now, Kyler Murray also came in at 11. He was disappointing across the board. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, got injured. That has you know, a good amount to do with it. So it's not sneeze at DeAndre Hopkins and his contributions. But it's also kind of a, a telltale of what happened the previous year, right? Both times, Kyler Murray got off to these hot starts. And he gets a little dinged up. He stops running as much. Kind of confines himself to be a pocket quarterback His fantasy value goes out the window as a result. He finishes the year as a QB 10. Even though that's a top 12 finish, it's still disappointing because there was a lot of people. I I wasn't one of them, but I did have him. I I had him in my top five heading into the draft process. A lot of people had him at number one. A lot of people were expecting a Lamar Jackson type MVP year, and that just did not come to fruition. We'll see what happens next year. Maybe Hawkins is able to stay healthy. Maybe Kyler Murray is able to stay a little bit more healthy. But the other part of this, this story was James Conner. First three weeks, Kyler Murray gets three rushing touchdowns in a row. Then all of a sudden, James Conner at the goal line started happening. And the Cardinals, you know what, and who can blame them, made the business decision of if Conner can be this successful in the goal line, why get our quarterback killed? It's smart. It's a smart decision to make NFL-wise. You can't really argue with it. But from a fantasy standpoint, you destroyed the top three potential that Kyler Murray should have for fantasy football purposes. And that was the big key. After the season he had last year, it's hard to believe they wouldn't bring James Conner back again and run the whole thing back with him and, and Chase Edmonds. I mean, they've had a good thing going there. They had a couple games where 
both were banged up and it kind of got to him towards the end. But after the success that he had, it's hard to imagine they wouldn't bring back James Conner. If they bring back James Conner and let him assume that role, well, then it's kind of hard to imagine Kyler Murray having the top five, top three, I shouldn't say top five, top three potential that we all expect him expected him to be able to have. You, even if you didn't rank him in the top three, I didn't rank him in the top three. I still thought he had the potential to be in the top three. That all kind of comes in the question mark if James Conner comes in there because now you start to take away his rushing touchdowns. But Kyler Murray is not, he doesn't have a ton of weapons, believe it or not. EJ Green's over the hill. Christian Kirk's a fine weapon. Rondale Moore was used as a gadget player last year. Maybe that changes. Hopefully it does. DeAndre Hopkins, I know, was banged up for a lot of the year, but Hopkins is getting older. And he's always, he was always that receiver. He found a way to play through it, but he had a lot of nagging injuries. And they seem to be catching up to him now. If that continues to happen, this won't be the only year that Hopkins goes missing for a few weeks. So you have to take all those things in consideration. I do think Kingsbury is going to feel a little bit of the hot seat next year too, because the Cardinals are hitting that point where it's like, okay, we've invested a lot of good resources here. This is a team that should be on its way to competing for Super Bowls. And then after that Rams performance in the wild card round, it doesn't look like it's, it's all that close. So that will be interesting to see if anything adjusts from that. But Kyler has to run to give you the value that he's going to be drafted at because his ADP is going to be in the top five. And not just run, he needs those rushing touchdowns. And it's going to be interesting to see if that changes next year. This this might not just be a one-off disappointing year thing. Now, I think he'll finish higher. I, I would have him, I would expect him more in that six to that, that five to seven area, let's say. That's more what I expect him at. But any higher than that? I don't think you can expect that. I don't think you can draft him for that. And this year kind of told you why to some degree. Let's talk about another rushing quarterback who is disappointing, to say the least. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson finishes outside my top 12 consistent quarterbacks. He finished as the QB 11 overall in scoring, which in some ways is kind of you know impressive because he didn't play that. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He finishes the QB 15 over 11 games. So it, the fact that he finishes like you know top 16 in about five to six less games than everybody else. That's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what also is impressive. He had more pass attempts in 12 games this year, 2021, than he did in 15 games in 2012. More pass attempts. So they let him open him up. The big question going into 2021 was what? Okay, if they pass it more, which is what the expectation was going into the season, would that take away from his rushing ability? The answer was was no as far as volume and yardage. The volume was there. He still had 133 attempts. He had 159 the year before in three more games. So the volume is still there. And he was on pace to have his third 1,000 rushing yard season. He was on pace for that. The only thing to stop that was the injuries and him having this weird flu now we know it might have been omicron frank it might have been it might have been a version of covid frankly i don't know i'm not a doctor i'm not reporting that i'm just saying it was a weird sickness that kept coming back for lamar jackson he couldn't get over and he kept missing games and it wasn't getting listed as covid so 
but he was still on pace for over, he was going to on pace for a thousand rushing yards. And yet he was still disappointing. So why is that? Why was he, if the attempts were up and it wasn't affecting his rushing game, why did Lamar Jackson still on a per game basis still only finish at QB 13 and finish in the top 12, less than 50% of the games that he played? The answer is the touchdowns. His touchdown rate from 2020 was 6.3. That went down from 4.2. By the way, his MVP year, he had a 9% touchdown rate. Now, we knew that probably wasn't sustainable, and that came down. But the 6.3, when you had the addition of Rashad Bateman and Marquise Brown developing, and, of course, Mark Andrews is there, I think most people were expecting him, I know I was, to keep it around that 6 to 6.3 mark. When that drops to a 4.2, that's the key. And it wasn't just the passing touchdown rate. It was the rushing touchdown rate, too. He had a 4.4 the year before. That went down to a 1.5. He wasn't getting the rushing touchdowns. In spite of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards blowing out their ACLs, Lamar Jackson was not picking up the slack when it comes to the touchdowns at the goal line. So assuming his touchdown rate goes up a little bit, especially his passing touchdown rate, I think that does get back up to six. This is a team that's built for the red zone. I think Lamar Jackson will bounce back to being in that top five fantasy quarterback conversation with the legitimate potential to be number one because if he plays a full season, then as he's shown the past three years, he'll get over a 1,000 yards rushing. The question is if the touchdown comes back. That's what has to change. And I do think we are going to see a progression in the right direction when it comes to that. So that's what happened to Lamar Jackson this year. I know it was kind of it was kind of interesting to see. But I have I have more I have more hope for him moving forward. Especially with the way Baltimore's offense is lining up. Now we get into that middle field. Let's lump these two guys together. We have Carson Wentz and Derek Carr both tied at 15th when it comes to consistency grade, both at 38% of the time finishing inside the top 12. Does anything change for these guys? I think the answer to that is probably no. They finished as mid-level QB2s. Wentz was 14th in overall scoring. Derek Carr was 13th. And this is kind of what they are. Now, in Wentz's case, there is the question of, are you the starter next year? But I have a hard, I have a hard time believing that you gave up a first round pick for him because he did wind up playing the majority of the year, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have a hard time believing you're going to turn around and then replace him with somebody else. And it's not like the Colts are in a position to be in the sweepstakes on a Aaron Rodgers, the Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson. Why? Because again, they already gave up a first round pick for Carson Wentz. There aren't any quarterbacks even draft in the top 10, frankly, in my estimation. I can't wait till we start getting into quarterback grades on this episode. I can't wait. I, they're, they're draft grades in general. Can't wait for that. That'll be coming in March. But there's not a quarter. There's not a franchise quarterback in my estimation, period. Let alone in the second round, which is when their top pick would be. And they don't have a lot of ammunition to move up. So I have a hard time believing Carson Wentz is not going to be the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts next season. There does need to be some recognition on that team that Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman do not equate to great multiple offensive weapons. It's two. 
And Michael Pittman, really, on a good team, is a good wide receiver, too. Not an alpha to me. So I don't want to paint this picture like Carson Wentz should have lit up the world when he didn't have a ton of weapons. I want to make that clear. I want to recognize he didn't have a ton of weapons. But this team is going to go to Jonathan Taylor first. It's a question mark of whether or not they add somebody of any significance to play with Michael Pittman. Do they stick with a tight end who they can really feature and let him merge or pick up somebody else? I mean, I think that's probably a possibility too. So kind of Wentz is kind of what he is, and I do think he'll be the starter next year. In Derek Carr's case, Josh McDaniels, he does take over the Raiders. Well, what does McDaniels' system really do that's different than what Derek Carr had in place? And I don't necessarily mean like the play calling itself, but the positions it focuses in on, it amplifies the features. McDaniels has a history of featuring a tight end position. Okay, you have that in Darren Waller already. Cool. Status quo. Slot receiver. Hunter Renfro. I mean, we're, we're already comparing Hunter Renfro to the, the Julian Edelmans, the Wes Welkers of the world. Hello, Josh McDaniels. Okay, status quo. Doesn't get outside receivers involved all that often. Mm. You know, the, the Raiders. Lean, last few years in particular has leaned more and more on a power run game approach with a quarterback who can play action off of that and make the safe throw. Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs. So I don't know from a production standpoint, like the play calling might look different. The formations might look different, but from a production overall standpoint, I don't know what changes for the Raiders. So I don't think this helps, nor does it hurt Derek Carr's fantasy value moving forward. And this kind of is what he is too. Now this next guy is going to be explosive throughout the entire offseason, And that's Justin Fields for good reason. He's a running quarterback. He's now on a, Team with a, a new regime, Matt Everblues. I gotta say that name right. He's now the head coach. They brought on Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator, who is an assistant with Green Bay. I was glad to see that. I will. I will say I wasn't a big fan of the head coach hiring, but I am a fan that they did not go with a Philadelphia Eagle who a, offensive coach who's had you know some ties to. You know, Matt Everblues from the Indianapolis Colts when they're all under Frank, Frank Reich. I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I am glad that because I didn't want to see Justin Fields get turned into Jalen Hurts, where it's like, all right, power, read option, uh, play action, and uh, we don't really focus in on the passing game. Now, I know it's not necessarily their background coming from Frank Reich, but that's kind of what they had turned into. And when you look at the Bears right now, they're not much different than how the Eagles are constituted, right? They, they have a good running back. They have a quarterback who runs. Uh, they don't have a lot of good throwing weapons. They have maybe one receiver and tight end. Sound familiar? Darnell Moody and Cole Komet and David Montgomery. So I was worried that if they brought those guys on, they would just run the offense. They ran with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. And while Hurts from a fantasy perspective was, was good, obviously we just got done talking about that. It's gonna, it would stunt Justin Fields' growth. Because he's way he's way more talented of a passer than Jalen Hurts is. And I just didn't want to see that get something. So I was glad they went in a different direction as far as the offensive coordinator. What that translates into next year, look, Fields, one way or another, I mean, he's not going to have Allen Robinson. He's not going to have a lot of offensive weapons to work with, I think, in general. It's going to come down to his legs. 
He did start running more towards the second half of the season. And he started getting more of a floor in his fantasy value. But the, the passing game was so non-existent that he still wasn't really that much of a fantasy factor. Comes in a QB 18 for us as far as our consistency grades go. He finished in the top 12, 33% of his games. He was 31 overall in scoring. So there's a big differential rate there. He's going to be interesting because he's going to be that guy that people are going to harp in on. Like, are you the sleeper? Are you that Jalen Hurts type? Are you the guy that I can take after, you know, round 12 and wind up with somebody who is a, a top eight quarterback because you just used your legs? It, it will be interesting. It's going to depend on whether or not they get enough offensive weapons, but that's somebody to kind of keep an eye out on. Next guy up was Tua Tagalavoa. He, he was tied with Fields at QB 18 for consistency rate. Again, 33% finish inside the top 12. My only note for Tua is that it's a make or break year heading into this year. It, it, this was a bad year. Devontae Parker in and out of the lineup. Will Fuller played what? A game? If that really. So he had Jalen Waddle, who was a rookie that he was able to lean on. And that, that was great. Mike Isecki to some degree, horrible offensive line and no running game. Not to mention Never really had a real offensive coordinator this year. Remember, they did the co-offensive coordinator thing, and it was his second change in just as many years. He's had no stability. So all the people out there who are just, they just there's a lot of people out there who just want to write to a tackle of off. I'm not one of those. I liked him coming out of Alabama. I see the accuracy. I see the mobility. I saw the anticipation. Have I liked what I've seen so far in his NFL career? No. I would I would be lying to you if I said that I was okay with what I've seen so far in his NFL career. Do I think he's a bust, though? No. I don't know too many quarterbacks, given those same set of circumstances, lack of weapons, lack of offensive line, lack of running game, lack of coherency amongst offensive systems, that would be able to thrive. <laughs> I, just, I don't know too many. So I'm not ready to write him off. And right or wrong, because I don't know if the situation is going to be all that much better next year. We still don't know who the head coach is going to be. And because it's a fantasy football show, we're not going to get into the Brian Flores of it all, but that's going to be very interesting to watch this year. And whatever coach does take that Dolphins job is now going to be walking into a circus <laughs> following those footsteps and what's going on in that in that case. So that'll be interesting to see. But I don't know if his situation is really going to be able to improve that much. And if it doesn't improve that much, then I think it's going to be wrong to say it's a make or break year as far as being fair to Tua, but it will be. Because then you're going to have, what do you do about the option year? Hasn't really shown much to that point. Doesn't have, doesn't seem to have a, a lot of value amongst NFL GMs. So in a lot of ways, right or wrong, it will be a make it or break it year. From a fantasy perspective, you're not going to draft them in redraft leagues. From a dynasty perspective, I think if you have them, you have to hang on to them. What are you going to get for them? Unless you, can, unless you have a a true blind to a Tagalavoa fan who's just willing to take the shot. I don't know what kind of trade value you get back for him. So he's kind of stuck in that. He's a mid to low end QB two right now. And you're hoping that he can improve. I still think there's potential to improve, but the situation has to get better. I don't know that it does. Next guy I want to talk about a little bit quickly, because a couple guys I want to get to before we have to wrap up the show, Davis Mills. And I want to talk about this guy because from weeks 
14 through 18, he was the QB 10. It's it's insane, but he was. And I love it because Houston deserves everything it gets. I hope they don't hire Brian Flores. I hope they do trade Deshaun Watson. I want I just want that organization to crash and burn. And they will crash and burn. And because Davis Mills was the QB 10 and played well at the end of the season, I think they went in with the idea that, you know what, he did enough that he can actually be their quarterback starting next year. And it will be a disaster. It'll be what it was earlier on in the year. Because Davis Mills, his talent is that of a mediocre backup. I don't, he's not even an NFL starter. He has below average arm talent. He has, I'll give him, okay mobility. And plus, it's a bad Houston team to begin with. There's not like there's a lot of weapons outside of Brandon Cook. So it'll be a disaster next year. And they deserve every single bit of it. Stay away from Davis Mills and fantasy-wise. Don't get caught up in the recency bias of what he did in week 14 through 18. I do want to mention real quickly the whole Saints quarterback of it all, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. A lot's up in the air. Sean Payton, he's out, right? He's gone. Even though he just paid Taysom Hill twice, he's gone. We still don't know exactly who's going to take over that job just yet. But whoever the quarterback's going to be is going to have no weapons. I mean, Michael Thomas, maybe he comes back. But still, you have what on the other side? You have Alan Kamara. But without Sean Payton to run this whole thing, oh, the Saints might be a disaster. And we still don't know what they're going to do with their old, with their cap situations. But I wanted to talk about this because Jameis Winston, he wasn't a fantasy-relevant quarterback. He learned how to play safe. But what if he goes back to the Bucs? What if he goes back to the Bucs? He'd be cheap. He already knows the system. I just want to put that out there before we close out the show. But we do need to end it right there. Guys, thanks for watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Make sure you tune back in next week. We'll be back with our DFS contest and lock bets of the week. Make sure you follow us throughout the weekend at, at Belly Up MDFF Show on social media. Tune in tomorrow on Burns Radio at 4 p.m. And download us on your favorite pod app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and download the MD's Fantasy Football Show on your Fire TV devices. I'm your host, Dan Mater. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys again next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 